0: welcome to the ray of hope church podcast we believe that hope changes everything so get ready for an encouraging message from the word of god we pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ amen stand with me if you would thank you for being here this morning quick question have you ever thought this thought i don't have what i need you ever thought that in your life i know that we all have Let's read Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 together. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Scripture we've heard many times, but it's still encouraging, isn't it? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your grace, your mercy, your goodness. Illuminate our hearts with your scripture this morning, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you. You may be seated. Go ahead and wave at your neighbor and let him know that you're glad to see him as we do. It's a question that we've all said, I just don't have what I need. It's about resources this morning that God has resources. Isn't that good news? God really does have what we need. The story goes like this. A young lady was really struggling. She'd had a bad day and several things had happened to her. She goes up to her father and begins to talk to him about all the difficulties she's faced that day. On and off and this and that. Finally after she began to tell the stories and the different difficulties of the day the week the month He brought her into the kitchen He was a chef and a really good chef and he set her down in a seat and he took three pots and put them up on the stove Then he filled each pot with water and he turned on the fire and it began to boil After the water was boiling he took eggs and put it in one Potatoes and put it in another and coffee beans and put it in another one Well the conversation continued for about 20 minutes After about 20 minutes, everything was done. He took out the eggs and put them in the bowl. He took out the potatoes and put them in the bowl. And then he took out the coffee beans. He took a ladle and dipped that coffee out and put it in a cup and set it before. And he asked her this question. He said, what do you see in front of you? Well, of course, like every one of us would probably answer, she looked at her father and she said, I see breakfast, Dad. (laughs) He said, no, no, look a little deeper. He goes, what do you see? And she said, well... I see some weak, mushy potatoes. I see an egg that is now hard, boiled. And I see a cup of coffee that now has brought some sweet aroma to the room. And he looked at her and he said, It's interesting because each one of these items face the same difficulty, yet they produce something different. And then he paused a moment, he looked at his daughter, and he asked her this question. He said, Which one are you? Are you going to be the one that becomes difficult and hard to deal with whenever situations we face? Are you going to become weak and mushy and, oh God, why me? Are you going to be like that cup of coffee that brings a sweet aroma to the room that whenever people look in your life and they see you in a place where maybe you lack some resources, some difficulties, all of a sudden we know that we have faith in our Father God and it just changes the atmosphere of our room. I think every one of us are faced with that same situation when it comes to circumstances. Because every one of us in this room need resources. Every one of us have been in a situation where it's not that I don't have resources, maybe I just don't have the resource that I need. And it's amazing to think about our Father God. That we can be in the place where we can say, listen, God has resources. Not only does God have resources, but he wants us to have those resources. He just doesn't want the resources to have us. That's where it gets kind of gray and difficult. He wants to still be the God of our life, and He is the supplier of our life, but He just doesn't want us to begin to worship the supplies, rather keep our focus on Him. And just like the daughter, we have all—we the same choices to make in those situations, but we as children of God have a much greater hope because we know that our God can supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory. Amen? But it's the, same, it's the same situation. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. And it's something that we all face with resources. And like I said before, many of us, it's not that we lack resources, we just like sometimes specific resources. I was riding my bike yesterday in the Dunkin' Dehydrator, and there were three or 400 of us, and it was a great time. And about the last 20 or 30 miles, I'm riding my bicycle. My bicycle isn't all that expensive, I like it. And I was passing a guy, and I looked up and I said, Hey, do you need some help? We're kind of a community, so you know, when you're passing by somebody, you give them some help if they need. And the guy that was helping him just looked at me and started nodding. It was funny because he's like, Yeah. And he lipped to me, We don't have what we need. Have you ever been in that place? <laughs> he's like, Whatever this guy's doing, he doesn't have what he needs. So I pull over on the side of the road, and I begin to take out what I have and give to him. And it was a very interesting scenario, because here's this gentleman. He has probably a twenty-five dollars to $3,000 bicycle. The wheels on his bicycle, and I looked it up this morning just to kind of double-check, so I wasn't I embellishing here. The, the, the wheels on the bicycle and the tires were probably be worth about $500. But yet he was stranded on the road. And you know what he needed? It was interesting. He had the tube that he could put back in the tire. He even had the mechanism that you could screw onto a CO2 cartridge to air up your tire. But what he did not have was a $2 CO2 cartridge. He had all the other resources he needed. He had $1,000 worth of bike or more. He had the wheels. Man, he had the suit, the helmet, the glasses. He had the shoes and the clips, and he was there. But homeboy wasn't going nowhere. He was stuck on the side of the road, and he needed a $2 resource. Now, how many of that connects with us? God? I got a $50,000 car. I just need a $200 battery. <laughs> I got a $100,000 house, but you know, it's kind of tight this month, and I really need a couple extra hundred dollars to pay the lot bill. I got a $10,000 worth of air conditioner, but you know I don't know if I have the resources right now to keep it on. God, I need your help. And we've all been there. And the amazing thing about it is God has resources, and he wants to give us those resources. He just doesn't want the resources to have us. And that's what we're talking about this morning. And we've got to try so hard that, God, you're still the God of my life no matter what. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Then these things will be added unto you. So let's talk about these things that will be added unto you for a second. Because God is into addition and multiplication. And I, enc- I want to encourage you, like while you're here, you've been here 20 or 30, 40 years, you already know what I'm going to say. But if you're like me, and maybe you've been here five or six years, and you're kind of new to some of the teaching, it really opened up my eyes. You know, one of the first words that God spoke is, be fruitful and multiply. Man, God's into addition and subtract, I mean, into addition and multiplication, amen? He is into subtraction some of the stuff we need to get out of our life. But he's into addition, and he's into multiplication. He said, listen, all these things will be added unto you. That's the power in the text. That, listen, I don't want you to live like you are. I don't want you to have the same resources as when you walked in the doors. when you leave. Man, I want you to have that life and the abundance of life. Amen? But there's some things we got to do. Be fruitful and multiply. But this is the thing. Many times we want to jump to multiplication, but we haven't got past addition yet. And God has us in a place where he's trying to teach us and try to add some things to our life. That way, whenever the multiplication comes, we can handle it. Otherwise, we get in the situation that we talked about where the resources become God and God doesn't stay God. He wants us to have his resources. He just doesn't want those resources to have us. So we're in that place. So don't get discouraged if you're in that place where I'm waiting for multiplication. Well, maybe God has you in a situation right now where he's just adding some things to your life. He's building up your character so when he gets you to the place that he really wants you, man, your character won't fill you and God can lavish upon you gifts and you can look out and say, how can I use these to expand your kingdom, to build your kingdom? Because when it's all said and done and we breathe our last and we stand face to face with Christ, it's gonna matter. One thing, A, that he is our Lord and Savior. Amen? But also, how many people did we get in the boat to take to heaven with us? Amen. And we need things added into our life to do that. Now, all over the world, you look at different situations and different scenarios and things like that. And it'll look different for different places as we're in America and different things like that. But nonetheless, God wants to add unto our life. God wants to take those things that we have and say, listen, I want to multiply and add to your life. But there's some things that we see. There's some things that we look in to the Scripture here, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and we see, okay, what do we need to do to prepare ourselves for that addition, to prepare ourselves for that multiplication in our life? Because it's not that God doesn't have resources. We know that in Psalms chapter 50, he says, listen, we have the, he has the cattle of a thousand hills, amen? And like the old writer said, and he has all the hills that the cattle are on, <laughs> right? We know that. And then we look in Philippians chapter, Philippians teaches us that, listen, we, he'll supply all of our needs according to the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So there's nothing that our God lacks. But how do we prepare ourselves? And I love the scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first, seek. Let's just stop on that word for a half second, seek. I mean, it's a very intense word. If you look it up in the, in the Hebrew dictionary, you know what it means? It means to look for. <laughs> I laughed, man, I expected to dig down deep and there'd be something crazy in there. And you know what seek means? It means to go look for. There's some action in the process here. There's something that's inside of me, and this is the amazing thing. As born-again born believers in Jesus Christ, that seeking becomes very natural inside of us. The seeking is what brought us to Christ, but whenever we have Christ in our heart, all of a sudden that begins to bubble up. I mean, Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says, fan the flame. The flame came because of salvation. Now we get to flame it and all, uh, fan it a little bit, and all of a sudden that begins to bubble up, so the seeking becomes more natural than we really think, and it's an amazing thing. But, but, but the Bible still says we have... Have to seek it's something inside of us that we that, that causes us to pursue it's what happened whenever you found that person sitting on the left or right of you your your spouse I, I, i'm into them <laughs> i want to seek them out i want to find some stuff in their life i want to know what they like and what they don't like you know it's funny how marriages changes things you know what i mean the young vibrant love as you get older sometimes some of that stuff doesn't matter as much as it should you know, but you wanted to seek, you wanted to find out, you wanted to know, and that's really what it's saying, is listen, if you want the resources of God, if you want those to be unleashed in your life, it's okay to go seek. It's okay to want that multiplication, want that addition, but there's this desire inside of us that we cannot hide that says, listen, I must pull myself out of the forest or out of the camouflage or out of my comfort zone, if you will, where I'm protected, and I have to go after something. But we must be careful because there's a lot of things in the world to seek. Amen? And now we have this born-again natural desire. And I will say this, that there's something magnetic that happens in us when we're ignited as new Christians and we walk with God over the years that we tend to be pulled to the things of God, but we're also pulled some ways by our desires and the things of the world, aren't we? And there's a lot of things to seek, so we must fight that seeking. We must fight it with, 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 with our mind and with our emotions and being plugged into Christ and saying, I just want to make sure that what I'm seeking here is from you because I know there's now this new natural desire to seek, to find you out, to find the things that you have, to understand things that I've never understood. You know why I love our mentoring class here? So I've been fortunate enough to teach it with Pastor Mike. Of course, he's taught it for 30 years plus. I've been fortunate enough to teach it for about the last three or four years, but I sat through it at least two or three years and just gleaned. And I remember when I made my first decision, I was on the banks of, I was on the banks of a Wild Horse Creek. Big rain had just happened. Catfish were in, so that's where I wanted to be. I was down there in my overalls on the banks of the river there, that little, that little river that flows into, uh, flows into Lake Humphreys. Had my pole, and man, they were biting. Man, is there any... that could be better than whenever your fishing pole starts jumping up and down. And you know you're allowed to land a fish. It just empowers you. But I had to make a decision. Because, see, I was looking for something new in my life. I was in a new place, in a new church, around new people, and I wanted to connect and I wanted to grow in God. And I remember thinking this thought as I sat on the bank. Matt, you can stay here and catch another catfish, which is great, or you can load yourself up in your car and go seek something that you're looking for. And I did. That day I showed up and I didn't change or anything. I showed up and I stayed. And Pastor Mike said, Hey, just jump in the middle of the class with us here if you want to in the middle of the year. And I did. And I remember I found some things that I was looking for, but I had to seek but there's a new desire, there was something new inside of me that said, listen, there's something here, and that's what I love about mentoring class because the thing that I hear over and over is the same thing that happened in my life. Man, I didn't know all this stuff was available to me. I didn't know I could look at Moses and not just understand a Bible story, but understand leadership in everyday life. I didn't know I could look at the story of David and not only stand to understand a Bible story, but see how it begins to connect with the New Testament and what Paul writes, and all this stuff begins to bubble up. But you gotta do what? You gotta go seek, It's this natural desire to go seek. Seek ye first the kingdom. See, it's amazing. He gives us really the next step is this. We have to seek the ways of the kingdom. It's not just enough to seek. We have to seek the ways of the kingdom. I mean, in the kingdom of God, there's ways that we do things. Can we have an amen on that? It doesn't look like the world. It's not supposed to look like the world. Every one of you have your home in here, that you're the king or queen of your castle. And if I walk into your home, you do certain things in your home the way that I would not do things in my home. That's okay, because that's your kingdom. That's your responsibility. I have to remind my 12-year-old of that sometimes. (laughs) I just want to let you know, sweetheart, I'm the king, your mama's the queen, you are not. (laughs) Anybody else ever have to do that, or is that just me? Is that just preacher's kid? Okay, I'm going to take it by the laughter, yes, we all do that. You're the princess, and that's okay. But there's a way we do things around here. Well, 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 Dad, sometimes my friends are doing that. Well, that's fine. That's your friends. That's not us. That's not the way we do things. And the kingdom of God is the same way. His ways are not our ways, so we must learn his ways. Now, this is the amazing thing about his ways, is we have the Bible in front of us to teach us the ways of the Lord. We have the Holy Spirit that guides our hi- guards our heart into and, and the ways of the Lord. Amen. But we have to seek the ways of the kingdom. There's certain ways to do it. I was doing a little bit of research and it was amazing. The hangar for Air Force One, the big airplane that the president flies around in. There's a couple of them. And the last document that I that I read that they're creating a new hangar for this. And it's amazing all the stuff that they're going to have in this hangar to to store these two airplanes. I mean, the door that opens and shuts to all the security, and you know it's guarded by so many people. I guarantee you that's probably one of the most expensive locks we'll ever see our life you know but this is the thing about that lock it needs a key it needs a combination and this is the amazing thing about God's kingdom is it is locked but God says listen I want to give you the keys to the kingdom I want to show you the things that you're seeking on I want to show you my ways and I want to show you some of the things that you have to do but this is the thing it's an amazing concept God will not overlook a principle for a person God has his ways and the ways of the kingdom. That's what he's trying to describe here in Matthew chapter 6. Even if you look up in the verses ahead of this, he goes, listen, don't seek for treasure here on earth. Seek for the treasure that you can put in heaven. He goes, you guys are so worried, and he's talking to everybody. He goes, you guys are so worried about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear and where you're going to sleep and all these different things. Don't you know that your Father is a good Father in heaven and he knows that you have need of all these things? What he's saying is, listen, your priorities are out of whack. You're seeking the desires and the ways that put you in a better place. And it's not that we shouldn't be concerned about that. It's just that can't be the priority. Because we seek, and then we seek the ways of the kingdom. we got to have that right combination. we got to have the right key. But God doesn't make it difficult for us to understand. You know, just a couple principles that will help you here. A couple keys that I think will help me that I've learned here is Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, verse 7 and 9, 7 through 9. It's just everyday things. Like one of the great keys in the kingdom of heaven is this understanding of you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. It's just an everyday principle. Now, there are many principles that we can learn in the Bible, but there's just a couple here that kind of kind of helped me out, and I hope it helps you just to illustrate, is you reap what you sow. Paul is writing to his friends, the Galatians, and he says, do not be deceived. See, there's always something out there that's pulling at you that's trying to give you something counterfeit, that's trying to pull you in the opposite direction, that wants to take you away from the good things of God. That's the reason why it's so hard to pray and to fast and to give and do the things of God, because there's this always this spirit." of evil that's kind of working against you to, to, to drive you away. It's kind of putting things in your life. And that's the reason why Paul was saying, listen, there is some things out there that can be deceived, but, but, but don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, he will also reap. I love verse eight. For the one who sows in his own flesh from the Spirit will reap corruption, but the one who sows in the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Verse nine, and let us not grow weary for doing good, for in due season we will reap Uh, We will reap if we do not give up. And it's teaching us a principle there. It's teaching us some very important things that we need to know. First of all, seed time and harvest. What you plant is what you get. And I love Scripture because it even goes a little bit further and says, listen, don't worry about the watering. You plant the seed and let me water it. And that's a principle. What you plant is what you get. If you need more love in your life, you might have to invest some love into somebody. If you need a little bit of money, you might have to invest some money into the kingdom of God. It's just, that's just the way that it is. And he also teaches us about spiritual seed in that. He said, listen, not everything is physical, but there you have to have a spiritual mindset. Sometimes it is just prayer in my life and saying, God, I want to grow greater in you, so I'm going to set time aside to get in a place where I can learn, where I can study, where I can understand the things of you. And he teaches us some very important principles. I love it when he he also lets us know that it requires labor and trust in Christ. The final two things. It requires labor and trust in Christ. And what is he saying there? He's helping us understand, listen, don't grow weary in doing good. This is a laborious effort. It takes labor to seek the face of God. It takes labor to seek the ways of God. But if we'll seek the principles of God, if we'll seek the ways of the kingdom, all of a sudden things will be opened up to us that will blow our minds. That will lead us to a place that we never thought we could get because we didn't see the bridge. I'm not an Indiana Jones fan, but have you guys ever seen, like, I think it's the first or second Indiana Jones where he has to kind of walk out on the bridge? I made some of you nervous just doing that right there, didn't I? He had to walk out and step off and hope he didn't fall because he couldn't see the bridge, but it was there. That's the way faith is. Listen, the bridge is there. God is faithful, He has resources. I've just got to take that first step on the bridge and say, okay, I'm trying to get to that resource, and you got to teach me some things. you got to teach me your ways. But the principles work. The principles work, and it takes work. It takes l- 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 um, labor and effort. And that's the reason why he says, don't grow weary. Because he's saying, listen, there'll be times where you, have, you are just simply disheartened Because you've done everything you know to do, and you're planting seed, but the principle is seed time and harvest, I will come through. You just keep planting the seed and keep doing what you need to do. I counsel all kinds of couples from all different areas and all different situations, and I love it. Pastor Mike has taught me a lot on that. And this is what I've learned, and this is one of the great counseling things that I tell them. Many times they're trying to get their life and their marriage and different things back on track. And I say, this is your issue right now. And I said, I've been there, many people have been there, so don't feel alone. I said, you're in my office, you're repenting, you're getting your stuff right so you can save your marriage and do your stuff. And they're like, yes, absolutely. I said, this is the difficulty. You've planted and sown bad seed. Now you're reaping that bad seed. Because what a man soweth, he reapeth. Amen? I said, now you're reaping it. Now you're in my office. You've repented and changed your ways. And now you're sowing good seed. But this is the difficult part about that, is it takes a while for that stuff to spring up. So you're in this little area that's really difficult because you're reaping the bad seed, but you're changing your behavior and sowing good seed, and you feel like all you're doing is working, 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 and nothing's happening. I said, but if you will hang in there because you will reap what you sow, just in a little while you'll begin to reap that good seed, and you'll begin to see some of that bad seed. But right now, the next months or years or however long it takes, be ready to be overwhelmed a little bit. Well, God won't just swoop in and save me? (laughs) Yeah, it's called salvation. Now we're walking this thing out, man. You know, it didn't take us six months to get in the place that your marriage or your relationship is at. It's probably going to take longer than six months to to walk out, but the good news is he'll never leave you or forsake you, amen? So we can trust these principles, but we got to know the ways of the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So I want to know the ways. I want to know the keys. I want to know the combination. I love Hebrews chapter 10 and 25 where it says, don't forsake the assembling. See, that's another big principle. Don't forsake the assembling. He's trying to teach us a principle that there's something that happens whenever we come together. Man, we sit in pews and we we listen and we glean from Scripture. We raise our hands as a corporate body and say, God, you are our king. You are our deliverer. You're the one that we've worked for and the one that we've looked for. God, you've come into our life and we declare day after day there's just something amazing that happens you can't get it driving in your in your car listening to a podcast you can't get it on a bicycle ride or a jog you can't even get it at times whenever you're sitting down and the study by yourself there's just something that happens when we all come together i mean jesus would go by himself but so many more times he would come together and he'd teach his disciples and he'd walk with them and he would eat with them and he would Love them. I mean, there's just something together. And not just in the house of the Lord, but whenever we come together in each other's homes and we share a cup of coffee, we share a meal. I mean, there's just something that is amaz- just amazing that happens because we're saying, listen, we're coming together as saints. We're coming together as the body of Christ. Well, can you explain all that in the spiritual? No, I can't. There's some things that I've learned just to accept that if God said it, He's going to deliver so I can trust Him. See, that's the principle is you can trust Him. But His ways are not our ways, but we seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then it says, and His righteousness. See, what we don't want to do, we don't want to seek the resources over the kingdom. We want to seek the kingdom over the resources. Because whenever you find the keys to the kingdom, it unlocks the resources is if all we're doing is trying to get to the resources, we'll never even use them appropriately when we get them because we don't understand what it's taken. Can you prove that, Matt? 2023, baby. (laughs) I see a lot of people that's under the age of 20 with a lot of resources and have no idea how to handle them because they don't know what it's taken to get there. I I shouldn't say that, should I? That's me. But it's true. It's very, very true. And we see that. You've got to work a little bit to get them because God loves us so much. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I love and his righteousness. Now he's saying this one thing. Don't seek the resources over the king. You better be seeking the king over the resources. In history, if you would, if you, a little bit of study is easy, and you guys know this, but whenever people would come into territories, they, they wouldn't just walk in and be like, Woo, I'm here, like you know, Elvis kicking open a door, like, Thank you, thank you very much. You know? They wouldn't do that. What they would do is they would walk in, and one of the first things that they would try to find, I need to know who's in charge. I need to know who the king of the kingdom is. Because the king of the kingdom is the one who established the currency, how we trade, how we operate, how we do things. See, the way of the kingdom is to know the king above even the ways and to know the king even above the resources. But in his righteousness, there's only one way to have righteousness before God and that's through our king Jesus, amen? There's no other way. So I must know our king. I must know him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and his ways and the ways that he does things, his mindset, his actions. I got to know what he's thinking and where he's going and what he's doing because these resources need to be unlocked in our life. You know, I believe that God wants to give the resources to his children because the people who will use it for the blessings in the kingdom of God. The ones who will look out and say, you know what? I don't know how this resource is going to affect my life, but I know how this resource will affect the kingdom of God, and that's what I'm interested in. And whenever we get our eyesight off of the king, and we turn it to the resources. Now, all of a sudden, we desire the resources over the king. We, reside, we, we desire the gift over the giver. And God can't deal with that. It's the ones who say, Listen, I'm gonna be humble under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, He'll exalt me. I'm gonna humble myself. What do I have to do to search for the ways? What do I have to do to search for the keys? What do I have to do to search for the combination? Because there's something on the other side of this door that I can't even imagine what's on the other side of that door. But I've got to be willing to be humble and not just seek the benefits, the blessings, because God has resources, and he wants us to have those resources. He just doesn't want the resources to have us. So we seek the king over the resources. Those men and women discovering a new land or whatever happened, they would do their very best to get to the king. If they wanted to establish trade, if they wanted to understand currency, if they wanted to understand how does the rules and regulations, how does this work in this kingdom Well, the king controlled all of that. It's not like today where we have the kings and queens that sit in different places and they're really more figureheads than they actually are people who can instill. That's not how it used to be. I mean, these people ruled with an iron fist. And this is the dilemma. People who seek the resources over the king or seek the resources over the kingdom are only interested in their self. Back in history, if you look over the kings and the queens who were only interested in their self, they didn't care what kind of oppression they had to put on their people. All they were interested in is my life being easier. How do I have food? How do I have drink? How do I live this lavish lifestyle? I don't care where it comes from or how it oppresses people. I don't care that they don't have access to Medicare. I don't care that they don't have access to education or to a better life. I don't care anything about making their life better. I just care about my need and my circumstance and my situation right now, day to day to day to day. And if we're not careful, our mindset can swing into that and say, God, my situation is so important and sometimes it is. Can I get an Amen on that. Sometimes you get news you don't want to get. Sometimes a relationship breaks that you don't want breaking. Sometimes there's situations and circumstances and those situations overwhelm us and we go to our knees and we cry out, God, deliver us, give us the resources, the resources, the resources, as opposed to doing what the scripture says, which is, God, what's in your way? How do I navigate myself through this situation? Because I want to be where you're at because I don't want to seek the kingdom, I don't want to seek the the resources over the kingdom, I don't want to seek the resources over the king, but what I want to do is say, your kingdom, your principles, your precepts, and you as King Jesus, they're the most important thing in my life and i know this situation is going to come and go and it's not fun but i can set back as a child of god and have hope and know that your spirit's guiding me that i have the word of god in front of me and i can trust you amen because i reap what i sow so if i have that mindset and that confidence i reap that mindset and that confidence i reap what's behind that locked door i reap what's behind those ways Have you ever had this discussion with your children? Because I said so. It's amazing. And I'm learning, because I'm learning as I I grow as a father here, and as a youth pastor, or or as as an older youth pastor type thing and everything. It's always the why. Why, Dad? Why? Why? Then sometimes it turns to whatever, and that's never a good response. (laughs) <laughs> for like slapping whatever off of you know anyways <laughs> you know the response changes and it's even more difficult when the kid's not yours because <laughs> you don't need to be going to jail over some kid that's not yours right <laughs> you know why do i got to do that or why do you I... sometimes and hear me out on this god's trying to direct our path and we get a little snappy attitude with him because we're interested in the deliverance and the resource more than we are him. And he's got to take us through some ways and then explain them later. But right now, if you're serious about getting to the resource, you just need to do this and let me show you later. It's the same thing that happens to us as parents and leaders. Sometimes I just need you to follow and know that my heart's in the right place and we're trying to do the best thing that we can here and then we'll look back on this situation and you'll be like, ah, you know, the light bulb goes on. Sometimes God's like that with us, not every time, but it's his ways, and his ways are not higher than our ways, so we look down and we say, God, how do I make sure that I seek, seek with a whole heart, how do I make sure I seek the things of the kingdom, and how do I make sure, God, that I seek you as king more than I seek the resources? Because see, Christ is a great king. He's a good, good father, as we know that scripture tells us. So we can take a breath and say, God, I know that those resources aren't there just dangled in front of me to say, look what I have that you don't. But I can trust you that they're there. I can see them because you're trying to lead me and guide me to those resources. And God has plenty of resources. He has plenty of resources for our situation and for our circumstance, for our difficulties. But just like Air Force One is behind that hangar and we've got to figure out the combination, you know it's interesting. If you think about situations like that, guarded by security, doors, hardened steel, there's no doubt there's all kinds of stuff in there to keep it fireproof and all this stuff. I tell you, it's hard finding, and I'm glad, I'm glad, but as I was reaching some of this, researching some of this stuff, it's hard to find out some of that stuff. You're just not going to know it. But this is what we all do know. We have a badge. You know, the clearance, you have to have certain clearance levels for that and all this other stuff, and it hangs around their neck or in their wallet, and that badge is their way they can scan it and get in. It's not as difficult as people make it sometimes. It's not as difficult as we think. Now, I understand there's security behind that badge, but you would think, okay, for a hangar that big or for some of the stuff like Fort Knox, man, there's got to be a 25-pound metal key that we've got to hold to throw in the gate here to get it unlocked, you know. But it's not that difficult because of technology and different things like that. In the kingdom of God and His ways, it's not that difficult. Jeremiah chapter 29, 13. I love it. You will seek me. So there's the word again, seek You will seek me and find me. It's a promise. If you will seek my ways and seek me, you're going to find me. It's not this big, amazing game of hide and go seek or anything like that, you know, peekaboo around a tree. Like, you're going to find me. But once again, it gives us the combination, it gives us the principle when you seek me with all your heart, it turns back to his ways and back to his kingdom. If we're not careful, we can have a tendency because of the overwhelming situation, because of the difficulty to say, God, what now I'm trying to do is I'm trying to seek a solution to this, and that solution is more important than anything else. When the whole time God is saying, no, if you'll just point back to me, I'm the most important thing because I'm the giver of the resources. I'm going to take you where you need to go. I'm going to open up that door that no man can open. I'm going to, or that no man can open or no man can shut. I'm going to tear down that obstacle and that barrier, uh, barrier, and get you across to where you need to be, and bring you to that resource that you can share. That resource that will help deliver you. That resource that will continue to win souls. But the combination, when you seek me with your whole heart. I was probably 18 or 19 years old. And I couldn't hardly, and I mean this with humility, and it makes sense now, but there wasn't a, a revival or a youth camp or something that I couldn't hardly go to that people wouldn't pull. I would sit in the back of the room and duck. And I'm serious, I, I would. And there wasn't one of those places that I hardly couldn't go to that somebody wouldn't pull me out and drag me to the front and say, we want to let you know that you've got a call of God on your life, it is very, very evident. It's not something that you, you should be seeking for. I mean, you should, but you've got to call a God on your life. God's going to use you. And I remember I was at a little church in, in Velma and never been to the church before. The visiting pastor was from Africa. I mean, he had an amazing suit, and I've shared this with my youth and, and all this stuff. Never met the guy before, haven't seen him since that I know of. Same thing, I'm at the back, ducking my head. I think I'm there because my mom wanted me to go, that type of thing, whatever. <laughs> You do a lot for your mama that you just wouldn't do for other people. Anyway, he calls me to the front of the church. And he, he, he says this to me. He says, young man, he says, you're called by the Spirit of God to preach. And he says this to me. He says, one day you'll preach in front of hundreds and hundreds of people. Then he pauses and he looks at me and he gave me the combination. He said, but you have to give God your whole heart. That's the only way that it works, son. I'll never forget those words in that moment. And he was saying, listen, God has a purpose and a plan, and he has the resources to get you there. But man, you got to seek his ways in his kingdom, and you got to seek him more than anything else. And I don't know what situation you're in or difficulty or circumstance, but God has resources. He just doesn't want the resources to have us. So we look to him. So whatever situation you're in, financial, emotional, and spiritual, and we don't just say emotional and spiritual. You know, God can heal our minds, amen? God can heal brokenness and wounds. It goes back to the original story that I shared with you about the gentleman on the bicycle. God, I have money in the bank. I I can go to a place, but I don't know who to go to get counseling from. I don't know who to to connect with to get me from point A to point B. God, would you open that resource up in my life? Would you show me that? Emotional wounds. God, there's a relationship that I need you to heal Man, I have money in the bank, I have a nice house, I have a car, I have the things that I need, but God, I cannot do this, and I need you to provide me with the resource, provide me with something that I can just not come up with on my own, and I want to encourage you that he cares enough for us to do that. So whenever we say mental or emotional or physical, or maybe it's spiritual, man, you got a chink in your armor, man, you know there's something that's kind of hanging on you, struggle with it, and you've brought it to God time and time again. Keep bringing it to Him. Keep being humble, because He does have the resources to get that thing cut off of your life. The people to get connected to and encourage. So it's not just all about material things, although you got to have money to live. But He has the resources to get us past those points, and He loves us that much. It's not that God doesn't have resources he has resources and he wants us to have them. He just doesn't want those resources to have us. So we have the combination. We seek with everything that's within us, but we have to know what to seek. We seek his ways and seek him as King, King, King Jesus. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at Ray of Hope Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.